You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Heaven will be a perfect, like, 25. Yeah, 25. It'll be beautiful. It'll be good. That's what I'm talking about. It is good to be here this morning. Welcome uh, to uh, Victory. If you're new, we just love to welcome you. It's going to be a good morning. So glad to have you here. Uh, my name is Simo. I'm part of the team, and um, we're going to have a good morning. We ready for a good morning? Awesome. Thanks, Ben. Let's give the band a hand. These guys are phenomenal. They work so hard. They work incredibly hard. It's a craft. They work hard at their craft. Although I think, Joel, you were born just like with a guitar coming out the womb. A <laughs> little, little ukulele or something, right? <laughs> How are we this morning? Are we good? You're well. Yeah, that's right. Pastor Keith always adjusts our theology on that. No one's good. You're well. I'm glad you're well. Uh, who's been, uh, who's had a good week? Been a good week. Um, who's been watching the soccer? Football? Who's been watching Tour de France? Jim, yeah. Uh, Wimbledon? Any Wimbledon? Tennis fan? Oh, more Wimbledon fan. Yeah, I'm a tennis fan. Go Nadal. He's playing in the finals, right? I'm not sure. I haven't been watching it. <laughs> I know, big fan. It's on too late, to be honest. It's just too late. Hey, uh, I'm excited to bring the word this morning. Who's ready for the word this morning? Get your Bibles warmed up. Get your iPads out. Get your phones out. We are talking about... The Sabbath, we're in a series about the Sabbath, simplifying the Sabbath, and uh, it's been a good series. It's been great just learning about something that we probably haven't heard much about or don't talk much about. It's not like, you know, I don't talk to my friends about, hey, how's your Sabbath going? How's, how's Sabbathing? I don't know if that's, uh, you can say Sabbathing, um, but I'm excited to bring uh, part number three about the Sabbath this morning. So if you want to uh, get ready with me in Genesis, we're starting in Genesis, the beginning, right in the beginning. Genesis 2 is where we're going to kick off, where God rested is a key scripture. Um, but it's, it's awesome. I love, I mean, sometimes we get so used to Genesis because we kind of, if you grew up in church, you're used to just kind of hearing about, you know, God created all these things. But when you meditate and you spend time in Genesis and you realize what God is doing, it's quite, it's awesome. It's such a great story. And here God is, before He rests, He is working. He's working. He's creating. He's having fun. He's, he's, he's forming life. Life is coming up. It says that the earth was formless and void, that there was chaos and disorder on the earth. And here God is, and He's, he's filling it up with life. He's bringing order to this formless and void chaotic place. He's bringing order and life to planet earth, which is awesome. He's creating animals, uh, the lights in the sky, day and night, uh, the seas, that the oceans would teem with animals. And, and then he creates human beings and he breathes life into them and blesses them. And he fills up the earth and the world with life abundant. And then it comes to this point, which is our key scripture where we're talking about Sabbath. In Genesis 2, verse 1, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work He had been doing. So on the seventh day, He rested 
from all his work. And then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. It's like, wow, that's, God was hard at work creating all this stuff, and then, and then he rests. But this is interesting. You know, God, God doesn't get tired. He's God. God doesn't need a nap. He is God. But here we see God is, is resting. He's sitting back, and he's resting from the labor of his work on the seventh day. And I think there is something that we can learn, and I want to pull out of this scripture uh, one facet of Sabbath here this morning. But let's pray. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for Sabbath. I thank you for this, uh, this God-designed life, this God idea of rest, that we need to rest in our world. If you rested, God, and you don't even seemingly need to rest, how much more do we need to rest, Lord? So I just pray that this morning that we just capture a new idea of what you're trying to tell us this morning, and it would bring life to our world. In your mighty name, amen. The Sabbath, simplifying the Sabbath. If you're wondering, you know, the word Sabbath isn't actually uh, in that scripture, but the word rest can be translated Sabbat or Sabbath. It means rest. It means uh, what God is doing here in Genesis. But we're talking about simplifying the Sabbath. And I mean, the word Sabbath straight away sounds like, it sounds more complicated than simple, right? And I think simplifying the Sabbath should almost be called simplify my life. Like, I need my life simplified. I need, like, the, the, the guys on Oprah Winfrey show doing, like, the, the clean out your house kind of thing. Just come, throw everything out. I need, like, minimalism or something like that. Sometimes our life feels so cluttered. We need to simplify things. And I think the Sabbath is definitely key in simple and can simplify our life. And the Sabbath is simple. Don't be scared of the Sabbath. The Sabbath is simple. And essentially, it's resting from our work. Resting from the labor of our hands. And I mean, who, who loves work? No, yeah. Oh, some people love work. I, I, I mean, I love my job. There's some work that we love. I mean, we're all in different stages and seasons of our life. And every stage and season of our life, there's all different kinds of work. Whether you're at uni, whether you're, um, you know, uh, just starting your career, whether you're uh, starting a young family, whether you're an empty nester, or whether you're a grandparent, there's in different seasons and facets of our life, there's all different kinds of work. Um, but I think we can all agree that there is some kind of work that just flat out sucks, right? There's just some work that is just painful. And one work that I think we can all agree on is housework. I mean, I mean, some people love housework, not judging you, um, I mean, I love the results of housework. Yeah, I love the results, of, but I, I can't stand housework. Housework just, oh, it grinds my gears. And uh, one, one, one piece of housework in particular that I hate, and hate is a strong word, and I use that on purpose, is the dishes. I can't stand doing the dishes, right? We've got some agreement down the front here. No, I mean, if you enjoy doing the dishes, come talk, to, pray for me, uh, you know, impart something to me. But um, I can't stand the dishes. And since Jess and I have been married, like seven, and eight, seven or eight years now, uh, I just, you know, cover all bases there. <laughs> We're in between, somewhere there. And uh, it's just been so good. Like, I just lose track of time. Jess and I have never had a dishwasher. Never had a dishwasher, right? I mean, I hear people complain about stacking the dishwasher. And I'm like, 
You are blessed. You are blessed with a dishwasher. I mean, just, I'll have a dishwasher. That's my Sabbath. Like, yes, I'm happy. I'm a happy man. Dishwasher. Because I walk into the kitchen, and I see those dishes everywhere, and I'm like, demons. I see demons. I see demons, and I come in, and I, and I cast those demons out. I wash those. It takes a little while, and then they come back the next day. <laughs> they're back the next day. They're always coming back, those, the demon dishes. I don't know, but it's funny because Jess and I, um, when we first, before we got married, uh, with Harv and Lan, we did like marriage, pre-marriage stuff, right? The pre-marital, you know, make sure you're not crazy and that it's okay to get married and stuff. And, um, and so we were good. We passed the test. And, uh, but one thing I remember, they specifically asked us, they said, they said, now, have you talked about, like, your roles and your responsibilities in the house? And we're like, no. Like, you know, we'll figure that out. Like, what's that? that's not, like, we're in love. We, we love each other. We're gonna, we're gonna, our honeymoon is coming up. Like, we don't talk about roles and responsibilities. Seven, eight years later, yet we're still working on it. We're still working on our roles and responsibilities. Who's doing the washing up? Who's doing the laundry? It's still a thing. We're good. We're progressing. It's all right. Jess is better at it than me, aren't you, babe? I mean, they're telling me to do the dishes. No, but there's some kind of work that just grinds our gear. And I, I am a tidier. Where's all my tidiers at? I love tidy. I, I'm a tidy. I love the surface. I'm like, if you can just surface clean, like tidy things, you need to have boxes that aren't see-through and cupboards and doors that can close. So you can like come in and just like chuck it all in, close the doors, and it's like, ah, oh, that's good, right? It's like, I, if I come home to a tidy house, I just float in like, oh, I can worship God. I'm, I'm good. There's peace in my soul. There's, if a t- house is tidy. But I've learned that there's, there's people who, who love the deep clean. The deep, where's all my deep clean people at? I mean, like, yeah, a few deep clean people. Jess prefers the deep clean. Jess is much more of a deep clean person than I am. You know, like, tackle the Tupperware cupboard drawer. You know, get rid of all the lids that don't fit the Tupperware containers. That kind of deep clean. And uh, But the thing about the deep clean is that it's too laborious and takes too much time, so it rarely happens. With a tidy, you can feel like things are clean, right? But it doesn't matter if there's mold behind the fridge. You can't see behind the fridge, right? So it doesn't matter. So if you can tidy. So there's like, there's this surface, you're either a surface work, tidy person, or you love like the deep work, you know, under the couch cushions kind of thing. There's two, we kind of fit in two categories like that, right? And I think when it comes to work, when it comes to our, our modern Western way of life, I think we can kind of categorize a kind of work into those. We can make draw a parallel between a surface kind of work, a tidy, the surface work of our life, which might be the busyness of our world, which might be in the hurry of our world, the, the tiredness, the late nights, the, 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 the early mornings at work, and then the long hours at work, getting those projects or things done. There's, there's, um, there's, there's all kind of things that we cram and we fill our calendar up with and there never seems to be enough time in our world and there's this busy and there's this hurry and there's this go, 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 get more, uh, buy more, I need more, entertain more, all this kind of stuff on the surface of our life and there's kind of this surface work to our life. There's the activity of our life, but I would like to propose to you this morning that there is also, there's a deeper, there's a work beneath the work in our world. There's a working that's a work on the inside of our soul. There's a work that even when we're trying to sleep, when we're laying in our bed, 
there's a work that's still going on in our mind and in our soul. There's a, there's a turmoil and there's a chaos and there's a tension that still rages on even when we're watching something on Netflix. When we're Netflix binging, there's still, there's a deeper work that's still going on the inside of our soul. It's not a physical work, it's a soul work. We can be flicking on Instagram, seemingly chilling out, but there's a soul work of comparison and uh, and fear of the future and missing out and all this stress and anxiety kicks up on the inside of us. We can be on Pinterest and like there's a house and I'm like, oh, I want my house to look like that, but it doesn't. And then there's a soul work that you think you're going to get peace and joy if your house can look like that. There's a soul work when you go and you know, there's a surface portion to our work when we go to work in the long hours. But may I propose to you that there's a deeper work to that and maybe the thing that's driving long hours is this sense of uh, longing for significance or identity in what you do. But who knows, we find our identity and we find our significance and we find our peace and we find our rest in Him. So there's a surface work to our life. The busyness, the activities, the habits, and then there's the work beneath the work. And I like to propose this morning that the Sabbath... The Sabbath is God's plan, is God's wisdom, is God's design to implement into our life to help us deal with both the surface work, the habits, the hurry, the things that we need to change, but to deal with that so that God can begin to deal and work with the deeper work things in our life. That is the point of the Sabbath. That is why we need the Sabbath, not just for a physical rest, but to find a soul rest with Him. And this morning, oh, actually, we learn, we learn about this. We learn about the Sabbath, about God. Jesus talks about the Sabbath in Mark 2, 27. He says, he's, he's with His disciples. We heard about this last week with Pastor Keith. He's with His disciples. They're chilling out. They're hanging out. They're grabbing some grain. They're having a munch, you know, like a Mars bar, work, rest, play. They're just, they're having a munch on some food. They're just enjoying themselves. They're rolling with the crew. And then the Pharisees roll up on them. And they try to pick a fight. They're like, look, you're eating on the Sabbath. What the heck? You can't do that. And then Jesus engages in this conversation with the Pharisees about the Sabbath. And He says, the Sabbath was made for man. Not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. And I think sometimes when we read that, we think, oh yeah, Jesus is down on the Sabbath. He's saying, you don't need the Sabbath. But if we look closely and we think about it, it says, the Sabbath was made for man. God is for us. The Pharisees were using the Sabbath against man with their rules and regulations and oppression. But here, Jesus is saying the Sabbath was made for man. And I think in our Western, hurry, busy world, I think Jesus is trying to tell us, it's for you. It is for you. It is wisdom to bring life and rest back to your soul. So we need the Sabbath more than ever before. The principles and values of God's design of the Sabbath in our, in our world. There is an awesome quote uh, by the writer Dallas Willard. He says, hurry is the greatest enemy of spiritual formation. I, don't, I can relate. Hurry is the greatest enemy of spiritual formation, the surface hurry and our soul work, our soul hurry. And God wants to slow us down. God wants to 
spend time with us. He wants to be with us and restore our soul. And this morning, I want to touch on uh, one key aspect of the Sabbath. We're touching on different aspects of the Sabbath over the last few weeks and the weeks coming. And I want to touch on the subject of play. Play. Come on, you can get excited. The idea of play and enjoyment and intentional recreation, this idea that there needs to be play in our life, that play is a part of the Sabbath. You see, the, Sab- the word Sabbath in Hebrew is translated Shabbat, as you could see on the graphic before. And this is, which essentially means to cease, to stop, or to be made complete. But it also means to celebrate. So when God stopped, when He rested on the seventh day, He didn't just stop activity, no. He rested and He celebrated. There was joy, there was expression that He celebrated, He was glad, He gave thanks and joy to what had been done previously. So play is an intentional part of Sabbath. It is like a buffer zone. I think of it like a crumple zone in our life. It is margin. It is a zone in our life. See, a lot of us live our life hard up against the wall right here of our emotional capacity and our physical capacity. We live right up against the wall. And if you're like me, I'm a goal-oriented person. I'm like, oh, margin. I could fill that up with something. There's opportunity to get something else done. I can, I can set a new goal. <laughs> I can fill that up. I got margin. Oh, pff, what do I need margin for? But no, we need to keep margin, this idea of Sabbath, recreation, play, enjoyment. We need to keep this crumple zone on the inside of our life. We need to be intentional. We need to see God's design that is to rest and to celebrate. So we need play. We need more play in our life. Who agrees? We need more play in our life. I mean, I, I remember, I mean, I tired of the house, but the kids come in and they just Lego, things go everywhere. They're playing. They're just no, there's no point to play. There's no reason to play. There's no goal to play. It's like, it's just to enjoy. It says to enjoy yourself. You know, God, God created you out of His joy. God created you out of His excitement and His love. You were made. The, the earth, when God was creating, it was God at play. It wasn't God just working. It was like, it was God at play. He's being creative. Like Pastor Keith said last week, we see the animals, we see the trees. Like they didn't need to look like that. But God was at play. He was enjoying himself. He was creative. I could imagine God laughing as he creates stuff. I could imagine God being with Adam as he's naming all the different animals and laughing and having fun. I mean, who doesn't do I'll, I watch those those YouTube videos with like the birds and things with the voiceovers from National Geographic. Has anyone, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. That is hilarious. I reckon God has a sense of humor. I mean, if we have a sense of humor, if we love laughing at that stuff, we were made in the image of God. How much more is God a fun, loving God? And some of you this morning might be thinking, I thought God was cranky. I thought God was very goal-oriented. I thought God was very serious, and although he's, he's part of those things are true, but he is fun. He wants to have fun with you. He wants to enjoy life with you. I think sometimes we think that um, we feel guilty if we're having fun. We feel guilt for, I don't know where it comes from. We feel guilt when we're having fun, but we need more play in our life. We need a crumple zone, a space for enjoyment, a buffer zone. And I've got a couple of points 
for you this morning. Are you ready? All your point people can get your notepads out, get your notes app out, get it ready. Point number one, play is progressive. Play is progressive. I mean, I use the word progressive because the P's, it just works good, right? Um, alliteration, is that what that's called? Teacher, yep. Oh, I don't know what that means, but play is progressive. There is forward motion in your play. You might think play is pointless, but no, play is actually progressive. I want to explain a little bit more. See, finding enjoyment in something other than just passive entertainment and consumption, it will be for your growth. Because passive entertainment and consumption are nothing, uh, are just simply tools or weapons of mass distraction. I didn't come up with that too. Tools and weapons of mass distraction in your world. They keep the, this surface work of these distractions, it keeps the deeper work from happening, right? Because the surface work is happening, we distract ourselves, we don't have space to think, we don't have space to hear God, we don't have space to even hear ourselves and reflect how we are feeling, to become self-reflective. And we need to find, when it comes to the Sabbath, when it comes to God's plan and design for rest in our world, we need to find intentional enjoyment that propels us forward, that, pr- that helps us grow, that helps us grow in our relationship with God, that helps us grow in our relationship with the people around us. And there are some passive forms of relaxation that don't help that happen. See, Romans 12, 1 to 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. See, God is interested in you growing and transforming and moving forward. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, which is good and acceptable and perfect. Play, there is progress in play. Because when we play, we create a space where the anxieties and stress of the work of our life is suspended and we are just enjoying ourselves for seemingly no reason at all, but it is helping us slow down our soul, slow it down, and is helping us hear God, listen to God, and know Him better. We're just more present. Can you relate? We're just more present. I've been, I've been practicing parts of this uh, since the start of the year, and I'm just finding myself more present with, with my wife, just in conversation. I'm more present because I have mental energy. I'm more present with my kids. I'm not sitting there playing, thinking, oh, I need to get to do these tasks and these chores and these things. No, my soul is slowing down, and I can just be, and I can relish in the moment, and I can enjoy. And it's because I am intentionally putting enjoyment and recreation in my life. There is progress to play. For me, this is a journey to find what your play is. It's a journey. It's a journey with God. It's a journey with yourself. It's a journey with your partner. It's a journey with the people around you to find out what it is that you enjoy, what it is that God has created you to enjoy. It's a journey of learning about how God has created you. See, I run. I love running. I just completed a a trail run half marathon last weekend, and I I made it across the finish line, and I didn't die, and I didn't go to hospital, and I made it this time, which is awesome. It's the second time I've actually made it. 
And, uh, and I love running. I'm a goal-oriented person, so I kind of, you know, goals and run, it kind of goes together. It's a little bit cheating. But I didn't love running to start with. It was a discovery that running, I found, was enjoyment for my soul. It could be cooking for you. You might love cooking. God's created you to love cooking. You might love like Heston Blumenthal, like take 20 hours to create some crazy concoction of food. Or you might like the Jamie Oliver, just like chuck it together. Whatever it is that you enjoy, go on an intentional discovery to find your play. Go on an intentional journey. Ask God, hey God, what is it that I love that you want me to do more of to slow down my soul so I can love you more and I can love people around me more? Ask Him. Go on the journey. It's going to take time. It's going to take intentionality and commitment to progress with play. So that's point number one. Play is progressive. Who's ready to find out what they love doing? Who's ready? I'm ex- it's exciting. The word rest, Sabbath, that also means to celebrate. This is a time to look forward to. Wherever it might be scattered, it doesn't have to be a day or a time, but you can schedule in time to discover and find the thing that brings rest to your soul. There is an awesome quote uh, by John Mark Comer in his book, Garden City, and it's not about the shopping center. It says, he says, it's not that you just stop working and sit on the couch for a day every week. He says, it's about cultivating an environment, an atmosphere to enjoy your life, your world, and your God. It's more a mode of being than a 24-hour time slot. It's a mode of being than just a time period. We need to learn the mode of being that God has created in the beginning. Point number two, there is faith in your fun. You might say, what? There's faith in my Yeah, there's faith in your fun. When you stop and enjoy how God has created you to be, you essentially let go of control, right? You realize, I'm not God, and He is God. You let go of control. You let go of stresses and the anxieties that is keeping the surface work and the deep work happening. There is faith in your fun. I love this verse in Psalm 23. I love, I mean, I love all Psalm 23. This portion in Psalm 23, it says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. That sounds like a fun dinner party. I mean, an overflowing cup, a prepared meal, a table. God says, hey, I've prepared a place for you. I've prepared a zone for you. This place where you can sit down in front of your enemies the things during the week, the things that stre- the things in your work. Your work is good, but there are things in your work that have been plaguing and worrying you. He says, come on, sit and enjoy in front of them. They don't have control over you. I've not given you a spirit of fear or timidity, but a spirit of power, love, and self-control. He says, sit, enjoy, for I am God. If I am for you, who can be against you? Sit and enjoy, have fun, recline. This is good. And we need to create time in our life to do this. I love it. In, uh, in the beginning in creation when God, he says, he blesses three times. He blesses the animals and the teeming animals and the fish and stuff in the life sea. And bless, the Hebrew word is barak, which means to bring life, to reproduce life. And he blesses the animals and he blesses humans. But then here in 
Genesis 2, it says, Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. He breathed life into this day, this time, this space of time, and He said it made it holy. And this is actually the first time the word holy is used in Scripture. He doesn't make a place holy. He doesn't make a temple holy. He doesn't make other things holy. No, the first thing He makes holy is a time zone of time for rest. He makes it holy. There is faith in your fun. There is faith in your fun. It says, I believe that God has things sorted. He is greater than me. Number, point number three, there is a rhythm and rest to recreation. There is a rhythm to rest and recreation. See, one thing we can get caught up and we think that Sabbath might mean is this idea of balance. I need balance in my life. Balance assumes perfection. To achieve balance, there has to be perfection. And we know that things are never going to be balanced perfectly. We're going to stress ourselves out even more trying to create some kind of perfect balance in our life. But I believe there is a rhythm that God created in the beginning, a God-designed rhythm to rest. And we can implement a rhythm in our life rather than try and achieve balance. So there is a rhythm to rest and recreation. We see here that God worked for six days, and then He rested. And when the, when the Ten Commandments were given by God to the Israelites through Moses, he, the, the, the Scripture explains, the Ten Commandments, it says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. There is a rhythm to rest. There is a rhythm to rest and recreation in our life. You know, the modern world, the way we live is it's usually months and months and months until we're burnt out and frazzled and tired and dead. And then we go, I need a holiday. And we go on a holiday. But no, God says, rest, week in, week out. Week in, week out. There's a rhythm to this rest. Week in, week out. There's actually, I was listening to a podcast recently uh, by Chris Huth weird name, but he's an Ironman age group world champion, two-time Olympian, and an ultra-endurance coach. He's about 50 years old, and he's currently training um, for this thing called Ultraman, which is two iron, full Ironman triathlons, back-to-back, no rest in between. He's currently training, and in this podcast, he's, he's discussing how he trains and how he teaches his athletes to train. And he says... I treat rest just as important as training. He says, I treat it just as important because you don't grow in the training. You stretch in the training. You create capacity for growth. But you only grow when you're resting. The growth only happens in rest. Stretch, grow. Stretch, grow. If you want to increase your capacity, it isn't about sucking it up and trying harder. It's about learning God-designed rhythm in our life of rest. Stretch, grow. Stretch, grow. He said, because when they rest, when people rest in their training, they grow well and they have the ability to work well and hard and give the next training session all they've got. See, God isn't opposed to work. God God isn't opposed to effort. He's opposed to earning. God wants us to work hard. 
but he wants us to rest hard. I mean, Mars Bar, they've got to sort it out. Work, rest and play. Work hard, play hard. There's a rhythm to our rest. Work, find enjoyment in something. Work, find enjoyment in something. There's a rhythm to our rest. This is something we can be intentional and forth planning about. Play. Find enjoyment. Go do it today. Start thinking about, I need, I need to find the thing that brings me alive. I need to find the thing that, that ignites my soul. I need to find out how God has created me. Because I haven't been figuring that out. I'll watch TV, I've Netflix binge, all that kind of stuff, but it doesn't bring rest to my soul. I need to find out what God has created me to enjoy and love. You see, your body and your mind will definitely find rest and solace in a regular rhythm of rest. Your soul, but however, your soul will not find ultimate rest in just the, react, uh, the reduction of activity. Your soul will not find rest just in the reduction of activity. Rather, it creates space and a moment for God to deal with the unrest in our soul. See, your soul has been designed to find rest in only one place, in Jesus. No amount of holidays, Netflix, Instagram, additional clothing, accumulated experiences, meditation, whatever it might be. None of these things are going to satisfy the unrest, that work, that deep work on the inside of your soul. None of it. Unless you give up into the hands of your Creator, for He is the only true source of life. Psalm 23, I just want to read through it. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Rest, Sabbath, play is the time to realize to give thanks to God. I lack nothing. It's not, a lot of times we don't count our blessings, we count the things we don't have. Man, it's the time to thank God for the things we do have. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will dwell in the presence of God forever. It's in Him. It's in God that we find our rest, our true rest, our recreation, our play. God wants to be involved in your world. We need to invite God into our life. It's in Him we find our rest. Will you allow God to lead you and restore you? Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.